1: welcome in to another edition of the noon dish it is wednesday at noon july 5th hope everybody had a safe and happy 4th of july didn't eat too much didn't drink too much didn't uh, lose fingers or appendages with fireworks saw a lot of that stuff going on on the news that's don callahan legend he's in his philadelphia gritty orange again today that's right what's going on don
0: that's like 75 percent of my um, wardrobe um well we could probably get into it later but i'm kind of pissed off about the whole twitter situation that's been going on i yeah, i was blacked been- out yesterday for half the day because of the um what is it the you know rate limit stuff
1: uh uh-huh. so you you scroll too much and then therefore it blocks you. Well, it's not just
0: that. I mean, for the past, for the, I don't know, decade plus I have almost always had a Twitter screen up. You know, you've been in the man tower. I have one TV that's just dedicated just to tweet deck with all of my different lists I have. And it just constantly is rolling. And because of what Elon has put in, I mean, my the, my habits just killed it almost immediately i was i was seeing it all over twitter over the weekend and i was like hmm you know this hasn't happened to me yet and then sure enough fortunately it happened after ty white had committed to north carolina that would have been terrible
1: if oh, it, happened you missed it. <laughs> yeah so, so i um, mean I'm not, so how's that work i mean i saw something about it but i don't pay attention to the
0: yeah, so essentially, you stuff. are only allowed to, um, if unless you pay, you have that blue check mark. You pay whatever it is, and I'm not going to pay for that. Um, you are only allowed, I think, like 500 to, to see 500 tweets, which sounds like kind of a lot. But if you have your, you know, I mean, there's no point in TweetDeck now unless you're going to pay for this, pay for the service, because TweetDeck is constantly scrolling for you. And I mean, you could probably see 500 tweets in like just a couple of hours, depending on how many lists you have up and all that. So, um, you know, I just, my fears are that, uh, that, uh, Elon's going to kill Twitter and it's not going to be the way it has been. And, you know, I mean,
1: well, I was I'm not surprised. happy about it.
0: It's, it's making my job a lot harder.
1: I, I can understand that. I, you know, it's my understanding mm-hmm. that Instagram and I guess Snapchat's still a thing for the youngsters and all that stuff. But I was surprised how many of those recruits, um, when I helped you with Showtime Camp, were asking about well, what's your Twitter handle. Yeah, so stuff.
0: so yeah, and you have you have um, two boys. Do they use Twitter? High school boys. They are college high school.
1: One of them's on it more than the other, but they they look at it. Yeah, not not. Not as much as I do TikTok or Snapchat, probably. But,
0: all right. So do they look at it for anything other
1: than sports? Not really. No. no. See, so
0: both of my kids do not have Twitter, have not asked for Twitter. We we are pretty selective in what we allow them to have. And there have been certain media, social media things that we have given them. And then we've had to kind of take back because of some of the activity on there. But they have never asked for Twitter. and you know, you, if you go and look on, on these recruits, you can tell that they just open them just for recruiting purposes, because this is the way that they kind of, you know, I guess, communicate with coaches also get the information out as far as when they get offers, when they make on, make visits and all that sort of stuff. It helps them build their brand. We've had the discussion on the message boards a bunch. And so really without recruiting, these kids would not have Twitter. So that's why it's always, you gotta be very, very careful, particularly now about what, um, what you know? What they're saying on Twitter because there's a purpose behind that because they that's not the avenue that they use to talk to their friends. So I think I mean your Instagram is not as um, I don't know it doesn't like it's not as like scrolling like the news like Twitter does. So but Twitter, Instagram will probably be the next replacement. There are some other I guess social media platforms that have been talked about. But I mean, you, you need to get the majority of people on there. Yeah. So
1: it's interesting. I mean, if you'd have told me twenty years ago that would be following all this kind of stuff on those platforms, everybody would have thought you crazy. I mean, it was yeah. it was AOL Instant Messenger, you know, 20, 30 years ago and all that kind of stuff. So how 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 big it's changed. And I do find it interesting that since I've started doing this stuff with you, I, I get followed by a lot of those recruits and mm-hmm. they got all their stats, you know, and all their, their numbers and their bios and all that stuff. It's pretty interesting, but yeah, uh, Don Callahan, GoFundMe page for the blue chip. No, I
0: don't, I, I do not. <laughs> even if someone bought it for me, I, at this point it's kind of on principle. And I really think, I really think this is going to end up killing Twitter. I really do because, I mean, if you are limiting people, it wasn't, I mean, there were, I get, I look at Twitter probably more than most people, but I was seeing it from a lot of non-journalists over the weekend, you know, some, some, you know, college students and stuff like that tweeting about how they had reached their Twitter limits. And so what, like, how does that help advertising that you're making people not go on Twitter as much? It makes, it makes, I, well, so his reasoning is, is, and we don't need to get into all of this because people come didn't come here for this, but is for scraping and and all that other stuff and the bots and all that, and there are other ways to solve those issues. As somebody who 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 scrapes pretty pretty regularly, um, but it's you know it doesn't make any sense beyond that. Like you're you're killing your advertising dollars, you're killing the people using your platform. I mean, it it just doesn't make a whole lot of business sense. I think Elon is just one of those guys who, just because he has a lot of money and has that, that ability to kind of save himself when he, whenever he makes a mistake because he has a lot of money, he can afford to take these huge risks that just don't make a whole lot of sense.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. But it is what it is. And a shout-out to the folks, the regulars and the new folks that have joined today's Noon Dish. It is, like I said, Wednesday, July 5th, day after a holiday That's Don Callahan. We're sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt, JohnnyT-shirt.com. And before we get rolling in the recruiting stuff, I want to knock out a couple things.
0: You want to knock out the MVP real quick?
1: Well, well, go ahead. I'll let you do that first. Who was MVP last week?
0: Logan Bolton was our MVP. Very active. Um, I don't know. Is he he a regular? You know these guys better than I do. I don't
1: recognize the name as being a regular, but you're right. Last week, stepped up. We'll see if... They show up again this week, but it, it is fascinating to me the people that make time for us on, yeah. on today. I mean, a ton of people watch this and listen to this after the fact, but the fact that folks take time out of their days to come on here and join us on a Wednesday, mostly on a Wednesday, we had a couple of Thursday shows um, in the past month, but it's just cool that folks join us. So, shout out to everybody that takes the time to do it. Of course, y'all are here for Don Callahan. I'm just a conduit for Don. <laughs> to uh, get forth the message. And like I said, Johnny t-shirt, johnny t-shirt.com, couple content related things on inside Carolina. Of course, Don's just loading it up on, on the content on the recruiting side. Um, but Taylor Vipolis and I did a cool players lounge uh, with Nate McCollum. That should drop. It's already on the, the uh, podcast feed and on YouTube, story will drop on Inside Carolina. If you haven't checked that out, go check it out. That's a that's one cool dude um, playing for North Carolina, an interesting journey. And then, of course, all the basketball news with Sherelle and Sean Moran and Joey Powell, their shows. And Joey did a cool interview with Elliot Cadeau's trainer, um, and that's up as well. So check out all that content. And, Don, you know, I know this is high time for football recruiting. It's already July 5th. We are less than a month until North Carolina starts preseason camp, Um, which leads me to my first question for you. It's a nice nice segue. Matt Brown likes to get this recruiting stuff done in the summer Um, because once the season starts, it's all in on the season. Given you mentioned Ty White's commitment and you mentioned all the uh, announcements that are coming up, is it fair to say that the ideal goal for Matt Brown is and remains to be get this 2024 class done um, by the start of the school year basically by the, by the summertime
0: 100% and this has been the case for a very long time a lot of a lot of schools take this approach clemson's in the in the region is probably one of the most notable but this has always been mac brown's goal and this will probably be the first year that he does that now things are going to happen during the season that could change some some i guess plans maybe someone emerges maybe you all of a sudden have a need at a particular position that you didn't have a need for but there is a very good chance that north carolina is done from the high school recruiting perspective by the end of july you know really i think um you know if you look at my mock class and you look at the guys who i have projected on that mock class they all have announcements in um in july um you want to go over just a couple well, we probably should backtrack a little bit and just there's there has been a couple of developments since we last met, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. One of which Ty White's commitment yesterday. Ty
0: White, that was the most recent that happened yesterday. We had a a little um what do we call those, those short things that we do?
1: I don't know, short commitment scoop, short YouTube. CBS, so we have one of those.
0: Yeah, we had one of those up yesterday <laughs> for Ty White, four star. Safety from Buford, which is the Atlanta area, a, uh, a national powerhouse, Buford, and then before that, God, these days start to run together. There was one more on oh, that man. Thursday. Oh, Keenan Jackson, Keenan Jackson, go. high three-star wide receiver from just outside of Charlotte. You know, plays for the Carolina Stars. A guy North Carolina's recruiting for a long time. And then some things that didn't go North Carolina's way, which is Braylon Staley, who committed to Tennessee on Friday. UNC was a finalist and actually brought him in for an official visit the prior weekend. And then also um, – I keep on forgetting this kid's name. DeAndre Clark, who a defensive lineman who officially visited North Carolina early in June. He ended up committing to Penn State. And then we do have a couple announcements this week coming up. We yep. have Friday – Uh, Jalen Thompson, at 2 o'clock, he tweeted out he is committing um, or announcing his decision. He doesn't have finalists. North Carolina is one of the very few schools he has officially visited. The other one is UCF. And, you know, he's visited North Carolina a ton over the past 365 days, which Mm -hmm. should give you a pretty good sign. So he's from um, Florida, D.B., and then um, on Saturday, I believe another DB, but from further north, New Jersey. That is Kaj Sanders plays for another national powerhouse in Bergen Catholic, in that northern New Jersey, basically outside of, of uh, New York City area. He's announcing, and uh, North Carolina is definitely in it as as is Rutgers, Wisconsin, and South Carolina. T- uh, Penn State was probably the leader. Up until they filled up and then canceled his official visit so he's down to those other four schools so those are the two and then and then we always also have you know uh, jonathan paler who probably going to end up in south carolina he's we're still waiting to hear when he's going to announce his date and there's a couple other guys who haven't announced dates yet but um but for the ones that we know for the next up until you and i meet again next week those are the two to keep an eye on
1: yeah and and folks that aren't on the inside carolina premium stuff i know 90 percent of the people that watch this especially that watch it now are um, but don has a full list of announcements everybody's always asking or always sees a tweet and says uh, so-and-so's announcing on whatever day and everybody that's on inside carolina premium goes yeah we know don already told us about that and there's a list there's a specific thread so people don't let it well, get buried I, uh- in the mock class before we can interrupt me anytime. The (laughs) only other person that interrupted me on when I host a podcast was Anson Mm Dorrance. And I told him, I said, I got no problem being interrupted or corrected by the goat. Um, We're still establishing our
0: rhythm and I don't want you to go in a different direction yet. Um, I did uh, have, I did have a little behind the scenes, maybe, maybe two inside baseball story on the Ty white situation. Go ahead. So, if you are a subscriber to Inside Carolina, as you were laying out, and this is what reminded me, is that we actually broke the story about his announcement being on 4th of July. And we had sources that gave us that information. Ty had not tweeted it out. Um, and really, he didn't tweet out that he was announcing, you know, actually saying that he was going to announce until really, I think it was like an hour beforehand. But anyway, so I, um, I had been in communication with him and I gave him a call on Sunday. And I said, hey, Ty, just trying to figure out, you know, what your plans are for your announcement. And he said, he doesn't have any plans and uh, might do something this month, might wait until August. And I was like, really? You know, and I'm kind of blown away because this kind of counters the information that I was receiving. And so I said to him, I said, all right, so you're not going to make you're not going to do anything this coming week. This is Sunday, this coming of week. And he said, no, I'm not going to do anything, If it changes, I'll let you know. I was like, all right, so I'll, I'll just check back in with you in a week. And he's like, "All right, cool." And then this this phone call, this is, it, it, you know, at, at the moment, I was a little a little I was a little pissed off a little bit at Ty, um, but we're good, we're good, and I can put I can understand the reasoning. <laughs> so my phone call with him was at 1.30. At 1.35, he tweets. Speaking of Twitter, he tweets, um, for our Tuesday or the fourth of July is going to be a special day, and I'm like, "Come on, dude."
1: <laughs> so anyway,
0: we got on the same page and he said, hey, look, um, this is a birthday present to my mom. And so I I limited who I told this to because his mom was born on the 4th of July. Everyone's thinking this is this is for the 4th of July. You know, he's this huge patriot. But in reality, he wanted to give a, a, um, a present to his mom who wasn't able to go on any of his official visits because she was in the hospital and so he wanted to keep it as quiet as possible and so i completely understood that and he and i ended up you know kind of talking and and getting everything figured out as far as the announcement was concerned the day before which i really appreciate so um just the kind of things that we deal with with these high school kids is uh is kind of is kind of crazy
1: well the interesting part of that is a couple things one don callahan knows don knows don knows recruiting We'll go the Bo Jackson route, um, and also teenage high school kids change their minds. Yeah, write regularly, so folks need to understand that when it comes down to the mock classes, or you know, Don doesn't do the crystal balls, but those crystal balls that people like to go off on and they're wrong and and all that kind of stuff. But the bottom line is, you get all your information from Don on the Inside Carolina message boards, the Premium message boards. Not somewhere else. Not some screenshotted uh, Twitter handle that is poaching information. You get it straight from Don. If you remember it, the, the other thing too. I've hyped this won't... up enough, man. I think I need to get. Yeah, I know. Uh, well, credit. yeah.
0: Now I'm going to be wrong with something coming up, and then everyone's <laughs> going to get at me. I am definitely wrong many a times because of what you mentioned that we're dealing with high school kids, and there's a lot of, a lot of variables involved, especially nowadays. But um, where was I going with? God, Dude, I you're used to all be... over the place today. Yeah, what's in just... your mug? Oh, just just co- uh, coffee, and I'm I'm doing I'm going black.
1: <laughs> oh, so did no it... sugar and all. Well, no, look, no I violated sugar? my fasting rule. So, listen what to you what's
0: your fasting? What's your so, like hours?
1: It's twelve to eight. Um, and I listened to Mac Brown talk about that, and I tried to do it a little bit, but I've been hardcore twelve to eight. But I knew that we'd be doing this show, so I had a bowl of cereal at eleven thirty. I'm sorry I broke my rules. So but... I
0: was doing I was doing um 11 to 8, but now I switched it to 10 to 7. Mm. But I don't know. I I mean, I think the um not doing the creamer and and you've been to my house in the morning when I've had coffee uh, and I pour I would pour a ton of creamer in there. And that was yeah. probably I, I, I'm guessing I probably will drop 10 pounds from this. And the reason why I say that is, is that when I gave up soda and this was 15 years ago, I immediately lost like 10 pounds. So I kind of feel like the same, same thing.
1: It's amazing what you can do when you give up soda, just soda by itself. And I I hadn't had... I mean, I I can't say I've never had one because you get you're at a ball game and it's 400 degrees on the north side of the stadium. You got to have something to drink. And I'm not I have a, yeah, I mean, I, a six dollar water bottle.
0: Yeah. I mean, if I'm going through like one of my I try to avoid fast food. But if you're like trying to get from point A to point B really quickly and you're hungry, you have to do fast food for the most part. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes, there's other ideas. But for the most part, it's fast food. And you're not going to I'm not going to drink water from freaking McDonald's. That's not right. happening. So, so, yeah, so that situation, you know, gets sorted. But I remember what I was thinking about. One of the things Ty said, and this is why I don't do crystal, one of the, one of the many reasons why I don't do crystal balls. The other reason is that it's out there for the public for free. And I feel like inside Carolina subscribers, we've always tried to take care of you people first. And so we try to keep it behind the premium wall, which is not as sturdy as it once was because others can go over there now. But anyway, but Ty said, please no crystal ball. And I said, I don't do crystal balls. And this is not the first kid who has told me that within the past few weeks. It's probably the fourth one who said, please don't do a crystal ball. So, um, so yeah. So that's, you know, that's one of the main reasons why.
1: Yeah. Well, let's, uh, again, you're listening to Don Callahan on the noon dish. Let's talk about these two recent recruits. We did the short little videos that are attached to, your stories. And of course you had the commitment Q and A's, but let's back up to Keenan Jackson and talk a little bit about what he brings. I mean, one thing I, when I look at his measurables and granted, uh, a lot of times, and I want you to clarify when they're right, when they're probably exaggerated a little bit, a lot of times guys say, they're a lot taller and a lot heavier and also a lot faster than they actually are. Absolutely. Jackson's listed at 6'3, 185. That's a good size receiver. Um, especially a young guy like he is. What does he bring? What what's his skill set? I mean, when I see that, I immediately say possession receiver. Um, and a big body that that can take up eat up space and, and make, you know, the 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 first down catch on third and long and things like that. What does Keenan Jackson bring um to Lonnie Galloway and Matt Brown?
0: So to to get to your first point, the yeah, you got to take the heights and weights with a grain of salt unless you pulled it directly from a camp or a, a combine sort of situation. You know, the a lot of people will say you knock two inches off the height and 10 pounds off the weight. And anywhere from, you know, uh, 10 to 20 or 30 tenths of a second off of the 40-yard dash time. But, um, you know, he is definitely a tall kid, good size, and I think you hit it on the head. A, pos- a, a possession okay. receiver you're definitely a big guy who um who you know is just is just going to make the make the grab in in any situation really good body control he's not much of a threat after he gets the catch but definitely a guy who can obviously work deep but also does a really good job of working down low just because of his ability to kind of use his body and, and and contort himself to make catches
1: I am uh, starring questions in the chat um, that we will get back to. So folks keep dropping it. And also we haven't mentioned top five, top five ice cream flavors. And uh, I got to get on a, this. And a hat tip nod to uh, the 4th of July, which seems to be a good time to eat a bunch of ice cream. Uh, we're doing top five ice cream flavors, So everybody needs to drop that. It can be whatever you want it to be. I, I, I know what my number one is. Um, but the rest of them are probably, um, you know, you could probably throw them in a hat and I'll pull it out. But anyway, top five ice cream flavors for later in the show. Don, um, Jackson plays at Weddington, which my memory serves as Will Shipley's school. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's so, a pretty so good just program. to be clear,
0: just to be clear. So he just transferred to Weddington. So he's okay. actually came from, um, Cupperson high school. Um, he played there the past couple of years, which is JT Coffin and, um, Austin Kendall, who ended up uh, quarterback, ended up signing with Oklahoma. JT, he came to North Carolina, never kind of lived up to his, um, you know, his his billing because he was a four-star guy. Also, but anyway, go ahead.
1: So, so top uh, or or level of competition. Let's let's do that for him because we've kind of talked about that a lot. Um, Obviously, those are big name high schools. Is there any reason to believe that um, his ranking, and he's a high three star, his ranking though, is based on the fact that he's just physically dominant over a certain level of, of competition?
0: Well, it's actually a very talented area. You know, it's, it's Union County, which is right outside it's a it's a growing area. And when I say growing, it has grown a ton within the past ten years or so. You know just because it's right outside of Charlotte, it's not in Mecklenburg County um so it's just you know how these things go when when a when a city kind of grows it kind of grows out sort of thing and that's what union county has kind of benefited from and so a bunch of high, new high schools have built have have sprung up there you know Cufferson high school where he was at was not around I don't know, you know the majority of these schools in that county right now have all been built within the past 20 years most of them So it's a growing area, but there's tons of talent. Um, I think, did we talk about me going to the Union County Showcase? Mm -mm. I don't remember. Good time to do it. The coaches put, um, the high school coaches, during that time in April when this, or maybe it was May. Yeah, it was May when um, uh, spring practice was permitted. They had a day where all the Union County schools came to, I think it was um, Marvin Ridge High School. And they had practices, and they basically had three practice fields, so three teams were going at once, and invited a bunch of colleges. It was an awesome experience for me as far as um, being able to see a bunch of kids all at once, kids I probably wouldn't have seen before. Great event. Uh, I hope they continue to do it, and I would love for other areas to do the same thing. But I think every single school there had at least one, one college recruit, and many of them had multiple ones. You know, Weddington, we're going to be talking about Weddington a lot because they have three 2026s who are related to to um, Thomas Davis, who played for the Carolina Panthers. Thomas Davis, his son and his twin cousins. So and Weddington is a team that has won state championships, um, you know, puts, you know, plays good competition. They played uh, Providence Day School last season, and I believe I'm trying to remember if they won or lost I believe they lost that game and so and and we've talked about probably that's the same school with uh, Jaden Davis and all those receivers Jordan chip and all that so they play against very very good competition you know I, I would not you know I would not knock anything about who um who Keenan has played at all um you know and and actually to be honest his stats dipped a bunch you know last season which I think contributed heavily to, um, to his transfer to Weddington High School.
1: Interesting there. Yeah. You said Marvin Ridge, is that in Union County? Yes. Yeah. Cause somebody I was introduced to somebody and they said, uh, that their child went to Marvin Ridge, but they said they were from Charlotte. So I guess it's just all, Yeah. it's kind of I mean, like it's, when it's, I say near Raleigh where I live.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's all basically, you know, it's all basically Charlotte. I mean, he plays for the Carolina Stars, so they play against top competition in seven-on-sevens, you know, on and on and on. So, yeah, he is – I wouldn't worry about who he's played against. I think he's going to be as as ready as as any, any wide
1: receiver when he comes to North Carolina. Yep. Welcome in. Jeff, who's late? Yeah, I was going to say, Jeff Polly, you're late. We need one more person to get to the 100 threshold. Let's push this show above – um, 100 on the consistent basis. So let's go Tyshawn White, Don. Uh, Tyshawn White, the four-star that committed yesterday, you mentioned his uh, path to committing on July 4th. Um, A shout-out to his mom's birthday and everything she's done for him. But 5'11", 187, ranked 29th or so. I believe if I, I'm not looking at the right page, but I believe he's on the borderline of top 300 um, four-star. Charlton Warren gets his guy. Uh, you mentioned yesterday and this is where my memory comes and goes. You mentioned he's an ideal candidate for perhaps a star position yeah. of North Carolina's offense.
0: Yeah. So he he's a the prototypical star guy, meaning that you know the, the star position is basically a hybrid linebacker, safety, cover corner. I, mean, I guess cover corner is probably better. Cover corner slash linebacker is probably what I put it. You know, I, I think about when I try to think about that position, I feel like through the time that I've been covering the beat, Charles Brown who played at UNC underneath Butch Davis is probably the ideal guy, you know? And I think it's, it's not just the physical traits, it's also the mental traits are very important because typically these guys are smaller. So you need someone who is, who loves contact, loves sticking his nose in, into plays. And I think you get that with Ty white in addition to his ability to cover and to even, you know, you want to get creative with things and, and drop him out into um, one of the deep thirds of the secondary. You can definitely do that because that's, he did a lot of that for Buford high school and Buford high school. You want to talk about competition. We talked about this the last, you know, well, last few podcasts, you're not going to find better competition, especially when it comes to playing against sophisticated passing offenses, than you are at that, in that greater Atlanta area, which is exactly where he plays. And they also through the years, I don't know what their schedule is off the top of my head, but through the years they will travel and they will play some really good programs in Florida and that sort of thing too. So this kid is going to be as, as prepared as you're going to find um, coming into college.
1: Let me ask you the question before we take a, our mid show break is Georgia is a hotbed for North Carolina recruiting sort of explain why and explain the cycles because Virginia a couple of years ago was the place to be. Um, I had a high school coach asked me, um, what North Carolina, how North Carolina treated Virginia. And I said, it goes in cycles. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they go up there and, and get who they can get when they, when it fits. Um, but sort of why is Georgia the hot spot these days, Don?
0: Well, we did that, that trivia question for you a couple of weeks ago, where I asked you to name, you know, go in order of this, of the States that produce the most, what was it? I think it was from the draft. And I think it was the most guys drafted. I think that's what it was. And number one, I think was Texas. Number two, I think was Florida. And number three is not California. It's Georgia, which is amazing. And so you have that school, that state within a six hour radius. Mac Brown talks about that six hour radius all the time. So obviously you got to hit it up. Now, the problem there is that so does everybody else, particularly the sec. And, you really have to to one, rely on your your evaluations because you're not going to get the top tier guys. Those guys are going to Georgia or Alabama or Clemson or wherever, you know, in the SEC. So you're going to have to try to get those those second-tier guys and you're going to have to kind of get some leftovers. You know, guys that maybe the the big the big dogs wanted at one point but filled up or don't no longer want for other reasons. And then you have to kind of take those guys. And then again, if I, you know, respect your evaluation to see if maybe, you know, you see things in them that they don't. So, um, so yeah, so that, that makes Georgia an area that UNC is always going to recruit, you know, just because there's just so much talent there.
1: Yeah. And I mean, even if Georgia Bulldogs come in and get 15 guys and Alabama and Auburn and, whoever else gets a lot of there's still a ton of yeah high level talent and, and folks see somebody ranked 56th in Georgia but, well let me ask you this ballpark this cuz you can't do it it's a case by case and all the clichés you toss at me um but the 50th ranked guy in a school like Georgia comparatively um to a North Carolina ranking I, I yeah, mean if I'm yeah, 50 so, in Georgia where am I going to be in North Carolina so on a it, typical year
0: a typical year Fifty is about the point where, um, in North Carolina, which I know a lot better than Georgia, fifty is typically right on that group of five going into FCS level recruit. If you're going fifty deep, Georgia, you're probably still, you're probably, you're probably close to the group of five sort of recruit still. You have fifty. I mean, here's the thing that that amazed me. So. You go to, even if you go to like in North Carolina, if you have a school that has like a handful of power five guys, that's pretty impressive. Like, like, like Providence Day, it's pretty impressive. Like right now, I can't think of another, maybe Grimsley as, you know, Grimsley, Providence Day, other than those two schools, there's no, none that have, you know, a handful of power five guys, Georgia, you go there and it's ridiculous when you go to some of these practices with all of these kids. And then, you know, I've gone to a school for like you know a couple of guys and then they have these underclassmen the coach is like yeah north carolina's interested in them you know unc's offered him you know this school's offered him you know tommy figpen likes him you know charles Moore likes him and you're like i'd love to do all these stories but that will give me i mean i'll be doing like 25 stories here you know (laughs) i mean and it's like legit guys who are legit players and you could spend all day at these schools because there's just so many players because it's just an area that's just so much more advanced with um, with, with the recruiting and, and with the development and all that.
1: Yeah, it's fascinating, and that's why uh, Georgia's a hotbed, and that's why it's right here close by to North Carolina, and there's plenty of talent. As we, got, we got
0: Buck Sanders in there.
1: I know I got nervous. I saw Buck come in with that, and I was like, "Oh my God!" Straighten up. Where's my jacket? Um, shout out to Buck. Should for we joining make him us. the MVP? Yeah, he, he's uh <laughs> he's spilling my um my my preseason predictions. We got to figure out when we're going to do that as well. Let me take a second and talk about Johnny T-shirt. JohnnyTshirt dot I've already mentioned the benefits of Inside Carolina Premium Message Boards. Well, if you're Johnny T-shirt. Person, and you're an inside Carolina person, you get 10% off your order. They've got everything you could possibly need. Football season is right around the corner. Folks, it's July 5th. Carolina plays a football game, I believe, on September 2nd. I think something like that. Anyway, Labor Day weekend is two months away. Get everything you need for your North Carolina tailgating, your North Carolina jerseys, everything you need. Johnny T shirts got them as well, as with all the other sports and schools. If you're a journalism school major, or a journalism school student, you can go to Johnny T-shirt and get a shirt repping where you go to school, specifically the journalism school. So it's a pretty cool store for that purpose. Take a short break. Let the national guys pay the bills. It's the noon dish with 100 plus in the chat and Don Callahan on the roll.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?
1: All right, folks, welcome back into to Noon Dish. Like I said, top five ice cream flavors a little bit later in the show. Just to recap, we talked about Don's Twitter escapades. We talked about Tyshawn White, Ke- Keenan Jackson, their recent commitments for North Carolina. Um, Buck Sanders making us both nervous, throwing out chats. And uh, Don, what's next for North Carolina recruiting? You mentioned the announcements that are coming up. Um on your thread of the announcements, is mm-hmm. this pretty much it as far as North Carolina in the 2024 cycle? Case by case, I understand. But if you had to pick a thread for me to look at, if I was an Inside Carolina premium member, which I am, you would say, look at this. You pay
0: for Inside Carolina?
1: This is a, I get it. I do all this work for it. <laughs> uh, the announcements. Is North Carolina set on those remaining targets?
0: Yeah. So, you always have to I know you don't like it, but you always have to have the caveat that things can change because things there's so many variables involved with this. But with that caveat, this what North Carolina has committed and what we see with those announcements, that's that's going to form the class that North Carolina is going to sign in December. And it's and you know, like I said earlier, Maybe something emerges during the fall. It's not going to be a whole lot. This is the class that you're looking at. From the high school standpoint, obviously, the staff will hit the portal. Probably not nearly as much as it did last season. But then again, you don't know. But really, when it comes to high school recruiting, you know, we're, we're, we should, unless something crazy happens, we should know what um, the North Carolina class looks like by the end of July
1: let me ask you this question as far as rankings. How often, and, and folks that are in this, many of them probably know it. Um, and definitely if you're on Inside Carolina, how, how often are the rankings updated? And how often do the rankings really change where a class lands on the scale? So South carolina say Carolina we've got the 12th ranked class and the rankings are updated and they drop to the 15th or vice versa, whatever. Give me a timeline on ranking updates from specifically 24-7 and also how much do they usually um, cause classes to fluctuate on the list, on the final list?
0: We need to get one of the 24-7 guys on here, but um, they, they make an update in the middle of every month. Now that update might not be for the 2024 class. It might be for the 2025 class. And I don't think they've done anything with a 26 class, but that's coming up soon too. So they do an update basically once a month to to the class. Now, here's the thing I'm going to tell people is that once a guy is ranked, they're more likely to fall than rise. And you're going to say, why is that? That's ridiculous. Well, the thing is, is that with each ranking, they're adding additional prospects into the ranking. So what happens? I mean, this is kind of like, I'm sure there's some sort of law of recruiting that happens here. But if if you first rank 100 guys, and then the next time you rank 250 guys, or you you add an, an additional 150, then odds are you're probably going to drop. Now, so here's what I'll say, though. For the most part, I think things have settled. You, you'll you see some slight movements. There are some exceptions, like we've talked about with, um, oh, God, the quarterback commitment. Um, Merdinger. Merdinger. Uh, Michael Mergen- Merdinger. Um, so there's some exceptions there and he's a special case because he hasn't played, he's only started one varsity game. They want to see some more varsity starts out of him. So there's a very good chance that after the first three games of his senior season, he could rise all the other guys. I mean, this, the, the, the rankings committee, they know what Ty white brings. Mm-hmm. There's not a whole lot more that they, that he can show them, you know, um, and, and S- Zion Ferguson and all that. So, Really, I think things have settled for the most part, unless a guy is unranked or is, a, is in a unique situation like Merdinger is.
1: Let me ask the, the follow-up question to that is, and what you're saying there is it's not you, it's me, right? I didn't get worse, but somebody else jumped in front of me, so it was them that moved me down. But when I look at the, the number assigned to people, Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got Merdinger right here in front of me. Yes. The, rating. Not the ranking. So, yes. Yeah. So I've got Merdinger in front of me right now. 24 seven composite is 1134th currently in the nation, but his rating is 0.8581. Mm-hmm. If I'm a recruit, very interested in recruiting and, and knowing what kind of prospects a school is getting specifically in North Carolina, should I be looking at that 8581 rating more yes. so than the national ranking. Yes. how does that weigh into it? Yes,
0: and that's really important and that's and I understand why it's easier just to kind of focus on the, the ranking, but the the rating matters. One, the rating is what's taken into, if you care about the 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 uh, class ranking is the rating that number that's thrown into that formula and spits out the points, not the ranking and all that. It's the rating. And then also the rating actually tells you, something. So let's just let's just take Michael merdinger He's a uh That's here's the other thing, the composite, just so we're clear, I know you know this, but anyone listening to this, the composite is not just its 247's ranking in addition to Rivals and ESPN and On3 and kind of combined together. So whatever they do to their rankings impacts the composite But um, obviously, unless I do something extreme, it's not going to shift it too much. But anyway, so Merdinger is a .8581. And what that means in rankings terms or ratings terms is he's projected to be a a power five starter. And that's it. No all conference, not going to make the draft, that sort of thing. We know those things. People defy those rankings all the time. But... In a perfect world, that's what that would mean for Merdinger. and yep. uh, I can't remember how long ago it was. It was it was a few months ago. I think it was close to signing day. I did like a, a breakdown of all the all the classes of the internet era up until I think 2017, because we wanted to make sure that we had a full um, college career for those guys, and the rankings are actually more. Um, lean more towards the positive than, than, than reality. The reality is, is that these kids aren't going to live up to those, these, these rankings at all, you know, give or take. Right. So, um, and, and really the majority of players that end up playing North Carolina just end up being starters and don't go to the NFL and don't go to, um, an aren't all conference. And I'm not picking on North Carolina. The same could be said for NC state and Virginia tech and South Carolina and all that that is, it's just kind of, how it is with if we're looking at numbers and the fact that it really is less than 250 guys get drafted every year.
1: Yeah. I mean, and look, if you're a high school player and you play on the P5 level or even any D1 college level or any college level, you're beating the odds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and especially if you start, you're even beating even more odds. So it's interesting dynamic. One thing I want to do, and I'll try to do this before, is I'm going to look at North Carolina's top 10 with their ratings versus Georgia's top 10 or Georgia's top 50 for the ratings and see, I'll answer my the own question. Yeah. Like, okay. can I call up show? Well, we'll talk off the air, but I want to be able to call up Georgia. Yeah. One through 50 I mean, we and could do that Carolina real quick if you 50. wanted to. Well, I mean, that makes for bad radio. So. Well, if you keep but, talking, I'm sure I can get it by the time well, you. Well, I mean, I just think it's interesting to see. Um, and again, people don't, necessarily live up to it or they they surpass it but um anyway what i'll be watching is to see what those ratings are when those final things come out compared to how they actually wind up i mean you, you mentioned the guy like charlie brown he's a pretty good player at north carolina i don't remember him on the recruiting side of it maybe you do but that's that just proves my point that most people remember guys not what they were ranked in high school they remember what they did on the college level and I would think a guy like Des Evans, Don, is <laughs> he's one of those ones that is a class example by um, there is a very decided difference in somebody's ranking versus rating versus what they actually do. Um, would well, you remember
0: there was this whole big thing?
1: No, like, people went pretty, nuts.
0: Yeah, you know, and, and so far, 247 has been correct. You know, yeah. I mean, a you know, five-star rating, which is what he had for a lot of his recruitment, implies that he's going to be a first round draft pick thus far Desmond Evans. Now I hope that things change this season. He has a great year, but thus far he is not projected to be a, a, a a first round draft pick right now. But so I have the, all right. So I have both North Carolina and Georgia pulled up and now Georgia gets skewed because you know, that, that uh, Dylan Rayola kid who was in Arizona, he, he committed to Georgia and then has transferred into Buford of all places to play for a senior So it, that kind of throws it off. But even if we ignore him, all right, so number one in North, the state of North Carolina, this is the composite, is Jaden Davis with a 97-16, okay? And number 10 for North Carolina is Bryce Young committed to Notre Dame with an 89-87, so just barely hovering in there at a four-star. So for the state of Georgia, let's ignore Rayola, and number one would be K.J. Bolden, who's also from Buford High School um
1: Stack.
0: he's he's a five-star ninety nine sixty two. that's the number one player in georgia minus rayola the number is rayola
1: one, above that is yeah he right?
0: rayola is a 99 94 Jeez. now rayola is the number one player in the nation so that's pretty impressive um kj bolden is the number six player in the nation where compared to Jaden Davis is the number 54 player in the nation. So let's just go to number 10, or would be number 11 in Georgia, is Caleb Odom, who um, hasn't committed anywhere yet. And he's a 96 28. And what I say for number 10 in in North Carolina?
1: 89.
0: 89 87. So So give
1: me, look at Georgia's list and tell me who's the first 89 on there. First
0: 89 is.
1: I'm going and Eric Miller shout out to the message to the chat. Georgia has 35, four stars. North Carolina has eight. I guess that's
0: 41 is when they finally get to 89.
1: So the 10th ranked player in North Carolina would be ranked 41 or 42 in Georgia. Yeah. When folks are looking at the recruiting rankings and they see North Carolina takes a guy that's like the 35th player in (laughs) Georgia. It is usually going to be uh, up there. Anyway, I was looking at the top twenty four seven composite um, all time ranks uh, recruits. Who's number one? Without looking, ever. Great. say well, it again. I guess it's the, the, the question. I was reading the chat. Yeah, all so time high school recruits in the twenty four seven composite in the top twenty four seven since two thousand. Who's number one? All 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 time in the nation. All time since two thousand. High school recruit.
0: Um, I feel like I knew that. Was it um, uh, Lawrence? Nope. It wasn't that. Um,
1: was it Texas. Trevor Lawrence is seventh.
0: Trevor Lawrence seventh. Wow. Was it what's his name? Um, Texas quarterback right now that with the blonde hair.
1: I don't see him. Uh, what's his name? Muir's? Yeah. Um. No. Um. Who? All right. Who is it? jadevon Clowney. oh Clowney. okay clowny number one uh, do you want to do you know. want a quick um crazy behind the scenes story on him yeah because well, so he was annoyed that carolina certainly recruited him right they recruited him that was a john blake recruit
0: and he had and he got him to visit and all that and so you know Clowney wasn't big on the phone for obvious reasons because his phone was getting blown up But, um, his, uh, coach at the time, Bobby Carroll was awesome to deal with and was more than welcoming for you to come down to one of his practices, which I did. One, they called him, um, you know what Clowney's nickname was, at least in high school, the freak. Um, no, well, among his teammates, doo-doo, which I think is great. (laughs) Um, so, which is funny when they're like, doo-doo, get me here. Um, (laughs) but anyway, so. I uh, wanted to talk to his coach. I wanted to talk to Clowney, obviously. And so after practice, the coach was like, hey, I got to do some stuff. Talk to me first, then grab Clowney. I was like, all right, cool. Did the interview. Turn around. Clowney's gone. I'm like, what the hell? You know, I came here for you know for him specifically. And so I'm asking, him, where'd Clowney go? Yada, yada. And then, oh, I saw him in his car. So he literally was driving away. And I chased down the car. I was like, hey, I came a long way. Can we just talk for a little bit? And he, he did do the interview. And that was the... I think the first and only time I interviewed him um, because North Carolina, I think he messed with North Carolina a little bit, but it, it you know.
1: It, you, you ran him down in the parking lot. Yeah. J- just for a, a matter of perspective, just, you mentioned the, Areola, a, the Georgia guy. Hold on. You mentioned Areola. In Buck's
0: honor. <laughs>
1: you mentioned, I don't want to mispronounce his name. What would you call him? The number, the quarterback that transferred in to Georgia? It's not Areola. Riola. He would be 20th on the all-time list, according yeah. to uh, this list I'm looking at. And I don't see Ewers, um, I don't see his name on here. So anyway, maybe it's not updated. But Clowney, uh, Kim Dietschy, Rashawn okay. Gary, Vince Young, Ernie Sims, all thousands, 1.000. Anything left in recruiting, Don, for this cycle or for this show before we flip to some fun ice cream talk?
0: Oh, uh, We have questions to answer.
1: Oh, let me get to
0: him. Yeah, Tom, um, you're bad about this.
1: I am brutal towards the questions, and I got <laughs> called out. Uh the only the one question I see that is relevant that we just talked about when will the staff return or turn towards portal possibilities in 2024? Don, that's usually um yeah, late you don't in the season who, or in the you, off season, right?
0: Well, you, you have to wait until you see who enters the portal, and that's the problem. And so so really we're probably we're talking about and you get some rumors you hear about guys potentially going in there and guys declare that they're going to go into the portal. But I mean, we're looking like December,
1: you know, at the earliest. Yeah. And if you look at it um, and it's fascinating and that's why the Nate McCollum interview, we we'll I also have a Willie Lampkin up next week. Um, and we had a Amari Gaynor to, listen to those guys talk about being in the portal and how fast that recruiting cycle goes. I I know you love covering portal recruiting. Oh, it's
0: a huge headache because it happens so quickly and the kids don't want to talk. Willie was one of the ones that did want to talk. And so, and he was the one who was like, he was so clueless. He had already committed and I was like, all right, well, when are you announcing this? And he's like, I don't know. And so,
1: i can't wait to talk to him joey and i are interviewing him oh he's uh, he was great when uh, i talked to him yeah um, he was cool when they introduced him he's going to be a factor for North yeah. Carolina, even though he's undersized we have a
0: couple other questions in there
1: there you go alan Minton asks, how important are, is committed players are committed players in recruiting other players i think we talked about this a lot with the quarterback side of it but just in general yeah.
0: it helps but no one is making such a huge decision based off of someone else. It just, you know, but I mean, it definitely helps, you know, especially having somebody who a recruit has known for a very, very long time, being able to rely on them and, and, you know, and uh, trust in what they say. But, you know, no, like I said, nobody is making that su- such a, such a important decision off of what someone else tells you or does or whatever.
1: What I do find interesting is, um, and who was it? Was it Ritzy and uh, Dilworth? or, or rah, rah who 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 announced together like last a couple summers ago when they were together at a party ritzy, a...
0: yeah ritzy yeah so i was in on that um ritzy and and jared um oh, he ended up going to georgia flipping back yeah. to georgia i can't remember um, yeah that much. was <sighs> that was an interesting one that was you know I, I had a very, very good relationship with, with Rara. I really enjoyed covering that kid. And so when he pitched me the idea and I was like, all right, you know, pitching on the idea on covering it on trying to stream it and all that. And I was like, all right, cool. And then he was like, "Jarrett Wilson. And then he's like, Hey, I got a buddy of mine. And at first he wouldn't tell me who it was. I thought it was, and I said, is it Ritzy? And he's like, no. And I didn't even know Jarrett Wilson and him were friends, but they were, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was interesting. So, and it doesn't surprise me looking back that it didn't work out, you know?
1: I. But well, it's one of those things where, yeah, friends they'll do stuff like that, but when it comes down to it, it's time to make the choice. It was, it was a high whatever. school
0: kid decision right there. And uh-huh. then that was in the very beginning, or maybe it wasn't the very beginning. It was, it was one of the first times that I went out during COVID. So, um, so that was during a point where everyone was kind of like itching to get out of the house sort of thing. So I think that kind of contributed to them wanting to do things. But I remember being outside, obviously still had a mask, all that other stuff. Um, yeah, it was, it was kind of interesting.
1: That is funny. Let's go. Jimmy Parker asked Don, what would be the biggest recruit North Carolina had a legit shot with and lost?
0: I mean, there's so many different directions with this because it's it's so open-ended, you know? I mean. You know, Inside Carolina sent me to Kansas to cover um, (laughs) Arthur Brown. I mean, he was the number one recruit at the time. You know, um, so, but I mean, you know, that would probably be the one I would think of. I mean, UNC was in it with Zemir White. I mean, some of this is like one of the rankings. You know, because at one point, well, they got Marvin Austin. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's probably the one that pops in my head was Arthur Brown.
1: That is uh, hilarious. You had to go to Kansas, and and, and no disrespect to Kansas, but it's Kansas, and you rode out there, and the dude drops
0: flew out there. But yeah,
1: well, you should have <laughs> driven it, at least, make it a road trip.
0: I so so before that trip, do you remember uh, Melvin Williams, who came from Coffeyville Junior College, played in the secondary in North Carolina? So I went out there. This is well, yeah, this is when we're doing the magazine, so we needed photos and stuff like that. So I went to Coffeyville to do a feature story on him sort of thing. And then obviously collect suffer beyond that. But, um, I could not, the closest airport would have been, I think Tulsa, but I could not get a flight during that time period. Um, so I had to fly into Kansas city and drive. I think it was like three hours and it was the coolest experience because literally when they say Kansas is flat, When you're driving through it and you look and you can see stuff for miles, like it's a whole different thing to just understand just how freaking flat it is to look out your window and just see nothing for
1: miles. Yeah, that's wild. Uh, That uh, and the
0: thing is, is Coffeyville is like, uh, has seen better times. Let's just say that, you know, a little little on the rundown side. I don't want to talk bad about it. But yet, so you you come in, and there's this massive, beautiful sign that says something like, Welcome to Coffeeville, home of the Ravens. And I'm like, wow. And then you're driving through. It's not the, um, you know, it's not a bad area. It's just not, you know, there's not a whole lot of money there. Like, I'm just trying to be nice about this. But then they had this massive, beautiful football complex. And it's just crazy that a community college... Football is so important there that that they, you know, for a town that doesn't have a whole lot of money, but they put a lot of money into their community college programs. It was yeah. it was a whole overall it was a really interesting and and um I, I learned a lot from that that whole experience there.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's like the last chance you deal. They, that Yeah. Place was, you know, it was an old poor side area and they had the nice football stadiums and all that. Last question before we get into the top five. How high a recruit was Mike Vick? That was, that would have been in 96 or Yeah, so that was a little bit know.
0: before um, the internet era. But from my understanding, he was heavily overshadowed by um, Ronald Curry. Yep. From the same area and all that. So he wasn't, uh, from my understanding, um, a huge recruit. I thought there was one more question in there. I've scrolled. Oh, right up there.
1: Tyler Woods. Right here. Yeah. Where would you rather go? And, and and he follows this up with a recruiting aspect side of it. But Where would North Carolina, in your opinion, benefit the most if the ACC went away and Carolina was either SEC or Big Ten? Um,
0: so is this my personal preference or is this just in general? I, I think
1: preference, pr- personal preference. We're going south. You I don't know, know. My but,
0: personal preference might be.
1: Oh, I forgot. You're one of those. You're one of those. Um, I think Phillies.
0: I think UNC makes more sense in the ACC. You know what I mean? For obvious reasons.
1: Um, SEC or you got to pick, Big Ten or SEC.
0: I think I think UNC makes more sense in the SEC. But SEC. these things these things never make sense. I mean, West Virginia's in the Big 12. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? These things just don't ever make sense. That's why I kind of throw the, you know, and and USC in the Big Ten that makes zero sense. Even oh, yeah. Missouri in the SEC, I, I still have a hard time when I see Maryland. I think of it as an ACC school.
1: You know, um, a lot so, of people don't like Maryland. I love Maryland in the ACC for I think for from a, a, more, of for a basketball standpoint. But yeah. um, what about this question here?
0: is going lower with the rank with the ranking so far in 2024 a lot, let's read lucky. it for
1: the non youtube people is it seems that 24 7 is going lower with the ratings so far in 2024 a lot fewer guys are 95 plus are they waiting for a final update kind of thing
0: is this like anecdotal or is this like legit like I mean, you that's know
1: the, that's tyler's question so
0: yeah i don't i mean i would have to I would have to look into that because it, it could just seem that way and maybe it's not true. So I don't know. I, I would love for the rankings to kind of be lower, to be more um, representative of what actually is projecting to happen. Because like I said, as you're kind of digging into the research, the history of it, they are, they end up being, you know, more on the plus side than on the negative side you know, compared to actually what happens.
1: Yeah. It's kind of like there needs to be a leveling out process at some point. Yeah. Like
0: I really wish that they would stick to limiting the amount of four stars because there are more four stars than what get drafted in the NFL. I wish they would, they would stick to that number. They stick to it with the five stars with 32. And then I wish that they would kind of do a really good job of kind of capping those high three stars too.
1: One more question, and because we got to get out of here, we're pushing our our limit. Uh, we, we still haven't wanna... done our top five. I know we still got to okay. do that. James Pruitt asked, "Do you see guys? Uh, do do you guys see coming high school recruits waiting till the portal thing, the, whatever we want to call it, the portal window, to close before committing?" Well, the portal windows are closed now, yeah. um, and they open right after the season, and then for the first couple weeks in May. Um, So I guess at any time school could technically get a portal commitment Um, Don, How does the portal? I mean, really
0: the way that, yeah, these things were completely separate. And so for generally speaking, most high school kids are going to be be committed by the end of the summer. Mm -hmm. And the portal does not open again. And UNC will not for this particular class will not be adding to it from the portal until December. So these things, you know, kids are not waiting until unless you are like a five-star guy and you don't have to worry about, you know, schools filling up, you're not waiting until December to make a decision.
1: Yeah. All Well, right. We'll end the regular portion of the show with that. Great to spend the lunch hour with T.A. and Don. Shout out to Buck Sanders for joining us here. Always good to have Buck around. And then it can't wait till we do the preseason com- uh, prediction shows with Buck and Jason and Vip and Greg Barnes and all that should be fun. Um, Don, I'll get your predictions for the season off air and bring them up on air. Let's get into it. it you, is- are you
0: embarrassed about me? You don't want me to have me there?
1: No, it's just so many people, you know, I'm, I'm welcome to have you in there. Just no, like nice. today we had 111, 112 people in here until I started talking about you and <laughs> ice cream. And then people start dipping out. Let's go top five ice cream flavors. Let me start here. Hold on. Okay, yeah, I'm going to read the... Thomas Dark, who is a... I don't recognize the name, so shout out. If you're new folks in the chat, appreciate you joining us. If you're just a a renamed person, shout out for dropping in. I I can't say I hate this list here. Um, Peach, black cherry, banana, vanilla, coffee. Mm.
0: I've never been a coffee coffee ice cream guy, so...
1: I... uh, So I used to go to Sonic, and I would get a banana pudding uh, Hershey's chocolate shake. Okay. I don't do banana much lately. Um, I like bananas, but I don't do banana in my ice cream lately. But I'm kind of liking this list, and I love some peach. With the caveat is that it needs to be homemade, which you know what? We tried to make homemade ice cream for the fourth. My mom would always make – we would always have an ice cream supper at the church for July 4th growing up and my mom would make this fresh peppermint and uh, we tried to make it and it would probably still be out there churning in the ice and the rock salt and all that um, unfrozen if I would have let it, could not get it to freeze. Anyway, shout out peach, black cherry, banana, vanilla. You always got to have stories to go with these things, Don.
0: Yeah, I got, I'm got. i with you. I'm this with is you. a
1: Southern thing too, More, more homemade ice cream. Did you ever make homemade ice cream?
0: I think maybe when we were real little, but it wasn't something we did regularly.
1: Oh it was a regular thing. Jeffrey Polly orange sherbet, butter pecan. Is it pecan or pecan? Pecan pecan man this is this is North Carolina cookies and cream, French vanilla and strawberry. Uh, Tony Dow responds to Billy Collins. Oh Billy Collins is changing up his list so man maybe... okay, here we go. Billy Collins, Carolina Blue Bubblegum. Uh, I'm not feeling that but might be good. Coffee, homemade hazelnut cookies and cream and vanilla. And then he says remove vanilla and insert butter pecan. <laughs> <laughs> and then somebody uh, Tony Dow said butter pecan is on the honorable mention list. Hold on, I'm getting them more. Are are you making your list or are you texting people while we're talking here? I am
0: well my I have a list. I'm I'm preparing for other stuff with you and I have to deal with after this show.
1: Oh my God. I got to go get my walk in. uh Preston from Greensboro. I got
0: my walk in.
1: A regular. I, I did not because I did not want to get sweaty because I can't walk outside here without being like, look like I jumped in the shower. Banana, chocolate chip cookie dough, blueberry, vanilla, homemade peach. There's the homemade peach. That's what I was talking about. I feel you, Preston. Alan Minton, any ice cream that includes peanut butter? cookie dough cookies i'm with cream. it i'm with it alan Flamabilla and strawberry okay anybody else drop there since we started talking so about alan onions, and
0: I, I think we can go to the ice cream shop together because this is this is pretty close to mine
1: i think yeah look, look right there buck says the peppermint at cape fair country club that's Let's only one me. buck can Buck they don't, not count? they don't let me in too many uh country clubs around these parts uh, coffee strawberry peach vanilla bean black walnut from georgia hill and uh tyler woods asks what commitment recap will we filming after this uh wait and see there tyler don your list I like uh, mine yelling.
0: very very similar to uh to alan's um you know anything with peanut butter reese's i love the reese's cup stuff sort of thing that's my number one uh like rocky road love chocolate chip cookie dough. Um, love strawberry, love, uh, black cherry. Those are probably my five, but I'm the type that I like to go to wherever and kind of look at the different options. And I might, this is where I get a little venturous is with my ice cream. I nice. a so, but see, my, I do
1: that with my beer and stuff like that, but ice cream, it's gotta be, uh, 90% of my ice cream preferences involve chocolate in some way. Okay. Um, and I agree with what Buck said on his last comment to you, but I'm not going to put it on the board. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will. Uh, I will right. go with my mom's homemade peppermint number one. Just can't figure out how to make it. Um, we'll get it one day. Number two, mint chocolate chip, but it cannot be green. So Briar's mint chocolate chip. Okay. I, I have a uh, aversion to green mint chocolate chip ice cream. Uh number three. Plain Briars Vanilla. Love it. I don't know why. It's that, just so my plain. grandfather
0: had this thing where he loved vanilla ice cream, but it had to be Briars.
1: Yeah, it's something about it. It's got the little black specks of the vanilla bean in there. Yeah. Um coffee. I love coffee ice cream. Anything coffee flavored, stuff like that. Love it. Especially love when it melts a little bit and you can like get this the soup that it makes. And then number five for me is probably some sort of rocky road. Let me ask you this, and and this is for the chat as well. Are you a consistency person or do you like like nuts and chunks of brownie and chunks of stuff in your I like chunks of stuff. Yeah, I do too. I like the more.
0: So we did have ice cream the other night, but I've been trying to stay away. And I love ice cream, but I've been trying to stay away for, for, I'm trying to be healthy.
1: Well, if you fast, you can eat whatever you want between the 11 and seven, as long as you're not like eating yeah, a that's, stick of yeah. butter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Here's Buck's know. list. And I agree 100%, 100% homemade, strictly banana, chocolate, vanilla. Finally, Finally Buck strawberry. gave us a five. That is it. And he said peppermint was the number one. So, Buck, you can tell that Buck and I are from the same era. A lot of things we like. Very similar. Anyway, top five list for next week, Don. Can we decide on one or are we going to do like we did this week and do it off topic? Well, top you of my decided
0: head? on one for this week last week, but then you forgot.
1: Yeah, that's not that's I not think, surprising.
0: I think, um, um, why don't we just think about it? Because this is okay. not very good radio.
1: So, folks, if you want to uh, shout us out on potential top five lists, please do it. Shout out to the hundred plus folks that were here. Shout out to Johnny t-shirt for sponsoring us. shout out for Don Callahan, just being Don Callahan. I mean, maybe we need to revisit pet peeves too, by the way, because I've come up with a few in the last couple of weeks. And I said, I should have mentioned it on the show. Um, maybe we can well, do... this.
0: And I think, you know, a lot of people and, and myself included came up with things that we don't like and pet peeves are different.
1: Yeah. You know, I agree. so, so but... But like, like put your, Freaking cart up in the parking lot. I love that yeah. TikTok follow where the dude puts stickers on the cars and people get so mad. If you haven't checked that out, you need to check I have it out. Not. Anyway, uh, let us know what you want to do. Top five. Let Don Callahan know what he needs to do for his top five next week. We will be back on Wednesday the 12th of July for the noon dish who knows what will happen after this show ends. um, But I'm sure if you stick with inside Carolina and inside Carolina premium stuff and with Johnny t-shirt, you'll be there to see it. Thanks everyone.